Welcome to Fruitbox, Fruitnet's new series of fresh fruit and vegetable conversations with me, Chris White. Every week I'm talking down the line from my studio here in London with people from across the world of fresh produce about some of the biggest issues they're facing in the business today. I hope these short 15-minute conversations give you some really good insights into how to do better business in fresh fruits and vegetables. Today on Fruitbox, I want to talk about uh, packaging and packaging technology. And joining me down the line from his home in the Upper Galilee uh, in northern Israel is Gary Ward, the Chief Technology Officer at Stepak. He's been with the business for more than 16 years and spends much of his time working on post-harvest solutions for fresh fruits and vegetables, most notably at new packaging systems. Gary, hi. Welcome to Fruitbox. Hi, Chris. It's nice to be with you, and thanks for inviting me along. Good. It's nice to hear you down the line. Uh, Gary, I guess um, if we'd had this conversation only a few months ago, we'd have been talking about the crisis that packaging was facing as consumers kind of everywhere uh, were becoming more conscious about packaging and they all wanted less of it. And today, in the midst of this coronavirus crisis, it kind of seems that consumers almost want more of it, that things have changed, don't you think? Indeed, they have changed, Chris. We're seeing increased demand for consumer packaging right now. You can obviously attribute this to the protective barrier that the packaging provides. Now, although there's no reason to consider that there's an increased risk in contracting the COVID-19 virus from naked produce, the physical barrier that the packaging provides is perceived by the consumer as enhancing the food safety. And that's what shoppers are seeking right now, increased food safety. And there's also an additional reason for this trend. Consumers that enter a supermarket these days prefer to make their shopping in a hurry and get in and out as quickly as possible in order to reduce the risk of exposure. Picking a pre-packed product from the shelf is faster than spending time collecting fruits and veg from a pile and packing them yourself. Also, who knows who's touched them before? Mm. So, um, you know, earlier this week, we were talking with uh, step-back representatives from around the world, and we're not surprisingly seeing that this is a global trend. So, for instance, more and more vegetables are being packed in the final consumer packaging in Guatemala before shipping to the USA. You might see, instead of packing upon arrival or displaying naked on the supermarket shelves in the USA. If the produce can be packed in the final consumer packaging at source, this is great as it avoids contact between the human hand and the produce from the moment it's packed until it's opened by the consumer. It also reduces labour requirements upon arrival at the destination something that is likely to be in shortage these days. But packing in the final consumer packaging at source does, however, require highly reliable, high-performing packaging solution, since the cost of sorting and repacking out of pre-packed produce can be high. And do you think, Gary, this trend is going to continue once things have got back to normal? And in fact, are we kind of facing a new normal where things change forever? What does this new normal look like, in your opinion? It's a very good question, Chris. Um, I believe that the the COVID-19 outbreak will have a long-lasting impact on our lives. Begin uh, to knock down various barriers to change. We'll start seeing more online grocery shopping. Payment will become contactless. Checkout free retail will become the norm and so on. But regarding packaging, at least for the time being, I believe that we'll continue to see a surging demand for fruits and vegetables that are packed. 
Right now, we're all in crisis management mode and reduction in plastic waste and more sustainable lifestyles aren't really top priority at the moment. Mm. Consider these single-use masks, gloves and wipes are being used and thrown away every day. Now, even when life does get back to normal, I believe that we'll continue to see a demand for packaging, in particular as more and more produce is bought online. Nevertheless, at that stage, the emphasis will return to finding environmentally friendly, sustainable solutions that support the transition from a linear to a circular economy and the commitment to the 2025 Plastics Pact. Mm. Our philosophy at Step Pack is that the packaging should be used responsibly and only where it has a genuine added value in shelf life extension. Otherwise, don't use it. All of Step Pack solutions, which are based on the principles of modified atmosphere, as you're well aware, Chris, have a climate positive effect. That is, they save more carbon emissions than are generated in producing the packaging and in the packaging um, life cycle. So, for example, our consumer packaging facilitates transportation of white asparagus by sea freight instead of by air from Peru to mainland Europe, which results in an incredible 95% reduction in carbon dioxide emissions per unit weight shipped. A large club store in the USA that switched from selling naked green asparagus to asparagus packed in in our packaging reported a waste reduction of 5%. Our resealable top seal facilitates packing of chairs in trays that are covered by the, the, the solution before sea freighting from Chile to China, a supply chain that can often be in excess of 35 days. Packing passion fruit at source in the final Retail packaging solution enables Colombian exporters to ship by sea to Europe and avoid the high cost of repacking upon arrival. There are endless examples, and I can go on and on. Yeah. You can see that uh, the, you know there's 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 not all packaging is bad, and 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 and, and I think that uh, because of the food safety issue, it's going to become the norm. Yeah. And I think it should because of the food security issues then uh, obviously reducing wastage by using sophisticated packaging solutions uh, is a big challenge for us as well. I'd like to come on to this the kind of global examples you've given of global trade in a second but you mentioned a moment ago about the kind of skepticism that there was about packaging and, and that's been flipped by this issue largely about food safety it seems to me. What do you think is going to happen kind of when that food safety message is less front of mind for consumers? Or do you think actually that food safety message is now going to be almost more front of mind for consumers for for now and long into the future? Yeah, I think it's something that's going to be ingrained and I, th- I believe that shoppers will be more accepting uh, of packaging because of the food safety issue, um, Chris, in, you know, and let's not forget plastic, and, and this has been overlooked for a long time, plastic packaging plays a critical role in fresh produce and, and the food industry. Mm. That is, it's the medium most capable of keeping food fresher. And it allows for wider food distribution and typically carries a lighter footprint than other packaging materials. But then, then the consumer <laughs> thinks it's plastic, therefore I don't like it. So how do we, how do we we've, we've got to find recyclable plastics, haven't we? Which we are doing. Yes, I, I totally agree, and, and and we need to apply a more responsible and sustainable approach. Packaging should only be used when it is really uh, necessary. Yeah, it should be as lean as possible, 
Okay, and wherever possible, it should be mechanically recyclable. And if it's not mechanically recyclable, our belief is that chemical recycling should be used to complement mechanical recyclable and enable the continued use of some of the sophisticated packaging solutions that have been developed over the last Mm. 70 years since plastics entered our world. Mm. The thing that, that I keep on kind of wondering about is the impact that this whole business we're going through at the moment will have on our current globalised system of trade and will, I mean, there's, there's been this trend already, you know, that consumers want to buy local and that there's this favouring of local on the part of retailers. But nonetheless, there's still a global trade in fruits and vegetables. And, and do you see the continuation of products travelling from one side of the world to the other? Do you, do you think that markets will kind of become more dependent on local solutions? And if they do, do they, you know, the, the, the beauty of the products that you have is that they will enable uh, shelf life for products that are traveling relatively long distances for local products where do your solutions apply and are you perhaps developing almost post-harvest solutions for for local issues as well yeah that's a very good question chris i think uh, i think we'll continue to see global transactions fresh produce but maybe less than in the past as you rightly mentioned people are beginning to think that maybe it should become more, more dependent upon locally grown produce. And first of all, wherever possible, countries will want to become more self-sufficient. So if a, a crisis like this ever repeats itself, then it'll be less effective and there'll be a higher degree of, uh, of food security. Mm. Uh, um, this may unfortunately result in less demand for the post-harvest solutions that step up develop. Secondly, the outbreak will cause stakeholders in the current global supply chains to be more cautious. So, for example, as you're no doubt aware, over 1,500 Chilean containers containing cherries, blueberries and apples were stuck in Chinese ports in February, mm-hmm. which resulted in losses of over $100 million to, to Chilean exporters. This was devastating. It's likely to lead to... Uh, the same exporters being more conservative and take a step backwards next season. And we're working with blueberry exporters in Canada that are hesitating about exporting their fruit to China in the forthcoming season and are looking for alternative outlets. So the whole global uh, supply chain is, uh, is likely to change. This cautiousness will naturally lead to a reduction in global transactions, at least in the, the short term. But there's another aspect to this, and, and that's uh, the issue is that export from certain developing countries has become a major part of their GDP. So if uh, the export and supply of fruits and vegetables from these countries is reduced, then this will undoubtedly impact welfare of millions of peoples and, that earn their living from agriculture. And, uh, and this, this argument makes it an ethical subject. So... So when you sum it up, you know, there are different uh, aspects to, to this. And uh, I, I think I envisage that, that global transactions will continue, but maybe not at the same level as before. I guess it's a, a question that the, you know, the, the people who work in the fruit and vegetable business have kind of in, in their DNA, which is about the management of risk. And do they feel lucky in a way or don't they feel lucky? And to that extent, I think the... Uh, uh, the examples you've cited there are, are very, very uh, important. Uh, l- last question, because our, our time is almost up. 
where, where do you think the next areas of innovation in packaging and post-harvest technology uh, are going to focus? Um, or are, as you said, you're all too kind of uh, tied up with this current business that you're not really looking at those things. I suspect that you are very busy <laughs> looking at the future. Yeah, definitely, Chris. And, uh, you know, I, I think um, look, when things settle down and get back to normal, uh, as far as plastic packaging is concerned, we'll, we'll continue to see more development of functional, fully recyclable packaging solutions to support the 2025 Plastic Pact and the circular economy. So more RPEP, for instance, more homopolymer films that are fully recyclable. And Stepac's been busy adding fully recyclable solutions with shelf life extension properties to its portfolio, such as you know, top seal films and recyclable standing pouches and bulk packaging. So there's a dual benefit there. So we, we have solutions that are not only fully recyclable, but they're also we're extending uh, shelf life. So uh, overall, uh, a major contribution to, uh, to the environment. I think we're also going to see more and more automated bulk packaging solutions, uh, which uh, saves on plastic and also considerably reduces labour costs. And we have a, uh, a few developments in that area, such as XFlow system, which enables customers of ours to automatically bulk pack huge uh, uh, fresh produce rather than uh, manually in preformed bulk packaging. I think that uh, we're also likely to see attempts to develop uh, antimicrobial packaging. I mean, I'm not referring to step up now, but I think in general that uh, this COVID-19 outbreak will lead to a surge in attempts to develop uh, antimicrobial packaging. We've conducted a lot of research on that in the past. It's not a simple challenge, since in order to be effective for fresh produce, the antimicrobials have to migrate into the headspace of the packaging and uh, a contact antimicrobial is not bulletproof because mm. you cannot guarantee that that antimicrobial that's on the surface of the film will come into contact with the, the uh, microbial contaminants on the produce. Mm. Well, it sounds like you're a very busy man, Gary, and I'm really grateful that you could uh, join us uh, here today. Our 15 minutes are up. And that's all we've got time for, I'm afraid. I was joined down the line from Israel by Gary Ward, Chief Technology Officer at Stepac. Thanks, Gary. Great to talk to you. Thanks, Chris, for you too. And happy Easter, happy Passover and happy Ramadan to all of your listeners. Thank you very much indeed. To you too, Gary. Just to remind you that today's uh, conversation at Fruitbox and the many others I'll be having over the next few weeks and months are now at our website, fruitnet.com. Fruitbox is now on all the major podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts. Just search for Fruitbox and look out for our new mobile apps, which we're launching over the next uh, few weeks. Our first one was out uh, this week, in fact, at the Fresh Produce Journal. Um, they're designed for your mobile phone by the same people who've put together the app for The Economist magazine, no less. Look too for Fruitbox in our social media profiles at Twitter, Instagram, Facebook and, of course, on LinkedIn. You can find me at Chris Fruitnet. That was Fruitbox and this is Chris White. Thank you for listening. Goodbye.